That's awesome. Uh, so we're in this we're in this thing, uh, looking at Jesus as uh, as our Savior. Really, the 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 crux of the gospel message. So the first week we looked at the Last Supper, right? Jesus completely changed um, serving and and just how he was going to set up his ministry, how he was going to set up the kingdom, really after his ministry, and um, what that looked like for us even today. Then we, we fast forwarded to the crucifixion, this amazing shift that happened um, that, that completely changed the way that we interact with God. And then last week we talked about the resurrection. All right, we talked about that and, and really the, the fact that really our faith hinges on that. You know, if you uh, don't believe that Jesus raised from the dead, then there's nothing really that our faith hinges on like there's nothing if you don't believe that fact and so it's it's really uh an important thing and so uh with that I'd like to go ahead and just get into it so make sure you guys are paying attention you guys are getting uh ready to go we're going to be like i said matthew 28 18 through uh through 20 before we actually read this though you can just have this up there as your kind of palate uh uh appetizer i guess i don't know Anyway, uh, I'm really bad with, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, so I want you guys, think of like, do you guys like sports movies? Yeah. What about like really motivational like movies, books, TV shows, that kind of stuff, right? Or, or maybe, maybe, you know, ladies, you like romance movies instead. Maybe that's kind of where you're at. Yep, everybody said amen over here. So, but... Think about this, though. Here's the thing with, with those movies, those books, all that stuff, right? The, there's a, a point in those movies, whether it's a motivational movie, whether it's a romance movie, all that stuff, there's a point where, like, the, the main character or the head coach or uh, if you're watching romance, like, the guy realizes, like, that's the girl. Or the coach is in the second, uh, is it halftime, and they're getting ready for the second half. They're down by a ton. And they're like, I've got to pull an amazing speech to, to win my team over, right? Um, and so in, it, there's always, yeah, there's all kinds of speeches like that. Like, yeah, Rocky is one of my favorite uh, movies ever. That last, I think it's Rocky Six. The, the one where, where he's, he's talking to his son and he's like, it's like this really motivational thing. You have all the orchestral music like behind it and it like gets you hype and then you're ready to like run through a wall and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's, it's, there's, there's the, a point in these movies, uh, these TV shows, these books, whatever. And um, there, there's points where, um, where you look at the, what they're saying and you're like, okay, like, I am ready to, to do whatever this main character wants me to do. And, and what they say is so motivational that you're just ready to go after it. There's, a, there's always a line or there's always something that's like really sticks with you, right? There's always something that uh, typically is at the end of the monologue. And it's something that's like, you're like, okay, I'm ready to move. Uh, you guys, have you guys seen the movie? It's a little old. It's a little dated. Have you guys seen the movie Independence Day? It's PG-13. Yeah. Okay, yeah? Like you think of the president's speech, right? And how, how does it end? Anybody know how it ends? He's like, this is all right. Like it just goes, like you're just like ready to move. Um, 
guys, uh, you know, like Martin Luther King, his, his free at last speech, not the I have a dream one, but the free at last, you know, he ends it free at last, free at last. Thank God almighty. I'm free. Like you just like hold on to these things and you're ready to like go and follow the things that they were fighting for, the things that, that they are motivated to go do. Right. There's, there's those, those speeches that we have. And typically it's the, one of the last things that they say before they, they step into whatever comes next. So what we're going to look at is Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20. Um, this is after the resurrection, obviously, right? Crucifixion, resurrection. Now we're, we're looking at this thing called the Great Commission. That's what this section of scripture is called. It's, it's the Great Commission. The disciples, they're back in Galilee. Um, this is at the end of Jesus's time before he's about to ascend and go back into heaven um, because he's not dead. Surprise, spoiler alert. Uh, I know, right? What? I, I'm really sorry. But, but what's, What's so, cool, what's so cool about what we're actually going to read tonight is that Jesus anticipates exactly what his disciples, what his, what his followers needed to continue to do the work even after he was gone. So let's go ahead and read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, then the 11 disciples, oh wait, I'm in 16, sorry about that. It says, Jesus came to the disciples and this is what he said. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is a really cool thing because this is how Matthew actually ends the entire uh, book and his entire account. He says, surely, this is Jesus. He says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If you guys would just bow your heads and close your eyes with me, let's pray. Father, I pray that you would just uh, be able to, to use this message tonight um, as a launching point, as a launching pad for uh, what it is that you're wanting to do in the lives of each of us. Lord, I pray that uh, this word would um, just penetrate our hearts and be able to um, to just motivate us in, in the same way that uh, there are countless movies and books and TV shows with motivational speeches, motivational monologues. Lord, I pray that this would, would serve as the highest motivation for us to live the rest of our lives out on mission, ready to, to go and make disciples um, and, and just follow out what your son has, has called each and every one of us to. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, anoint this message. You would use me to speak exactly what it is that you want me to speak for these students. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So you have this great commission, right? That's what the, the bold heading is. Like it's the great commission uh, to go and make disciples, to baptize them uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to, to go and, and go to the ends of the earth with this, right? So a lot of people hear the great commission and they're like, well, I gotta go to Africa. Like that's, that's just what I gotta do. Or you can be like, <laughs> yeah, or you can be, you guys remember the missionary we had on our missionary spotlights and they were in like Hawaii and, and like, the Bahamas, and you're like, oh, I'm sure you were called there. Like, no, he, he does call you there. But like a lot of times we read the Great Commission and we're like, okay, well, I've got to go overseas, but I don't really feel like I'm supposed to be a missionary, but okay. Like, I'll just do whatever God wants me to do because that's what he wants me to do. Guys, that's not what this Great Commission is. So we're, let's, let's unpack this just a little bit. I want you guys, if you're taking notes, to go ahead and write this down as kind of the main heading. We make as we go. Everybody say, we make. Everybody say, we make. We make. 
as we go. We make as we go. Awesome. So a lot of times, like I said, we, we get into this thing where like, we're like, well, I got to go overseas. I got to do this. I got to do that. That's not really what this is. See, Jesus is saying, hey, I want you in your going. I want you to make disciples. So how many people went somewhere today? Everybody should raise their hand. You came to church. Congratulations. You get, <laughs> you, wait, where? Exactly. Yep. All right. Yeah, it's, that's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. So, like, we all, we all go places, right? That, that, that's pretty, pretty obvious. And so it, what, what, Jesus is, what Jesus is saying is, hey, I'm not asking you to, to necessarily everybody who becomes a Christian goes overseas to go win more souls. He's saying, hey, in your going, I want you to make disciples in your going. You see, Jesus understands that he has the authority to give out the marching orders. And then he says this amazing thing at the end of the book. He says, I'm with you to the end of the age. Jesus is like, hey, this is your mission. This is your goal. This is what I want you to do, but you're not going to do it alone because I'm going to be there with you. And then he's like, and then he ascends and they kind of sit there and they're like, what the heck? Like you said you were with us. Like this makes no sense. We'll kind of unpack a little bit of that later. But Another point uh, uh, about making disciples, and this is where we kind of get confused with the Great Commission sometimes, is we think like, oh, we just have to like get as many people uh, uh, over to our side as possible, and then we'll just leave. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you were here on Sunday. Hopefully you are. Uh, Jeremy uh, preached an incredible message on the Great Commission. He said it's the hungry hippos method of like you just go in, you grab all the people you can, and then you leave and then kind of just dip out. That's not really what making a disciple is. You know, uh, I want you guys to really understand that a part of the Great Commission is that you walk with your friends through this thing. That you're not just, just being like, are you a Christian? And then they say yes, and then you're like, good, I'm on to like the next person. Like we don't want you to, to be that type of Christian. We want you guys to, to, to be able to understand your mission and understand what Jesus meant when he said, go to the ends of the earth and make disciples. We're all going somewhere whether it's work or on vacation or in your hometown or in some new place that you live, we're all going somewhere. Jesus really, more so than like saying, hey, I want everybody who becomes a Christian to be a missionary. What he's saying is I want you guys to be intentional in your life. I want you to be intentional in how you form your relationships. I want you to be intentional about um, who you choose to date. I want you to be intentional about the kind of friends that you surround yourself with. I want you to be intentional with how you live your life. We don't just win people over and then leave them right beyond the finish line and then we just move on. We have to, to build those relationships. We have to take the time to walk with people and really build disciples. And don't get the Great Commission twisted in thinking like it's only evangelism and that's it. And that's like as far as it'll go. And so if you're not a missionary full time, then you're just not living out the Great Commission. That's not it at all. Um, one, of the, one of the best people, uh, one of the best examples I had growing up uh, was my lead pastor when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. His name was Pastor John. He was, uh, he was awesome. I, I talk about him like he's dead. He's not dead. He's still awesome. Um, but, but he did, okay, so like he was a little older, obviously. He's even older now. He did some cheesy things, okay? Like 
really cheesy. Have you guys ever had a gospel track before? Do you guys know what those are? No? Yeah? Like, have you ever seen, like, the little pamphlets? And they're like, you know, are you going to hell? Does, does Jesus love you? That kind of stuff. Like, and it's kind of weird. Like, he sometimes, he would give those things out. And he was, like, really good, in, like, he had good intentions with it. But they were, came off or across as cheesy. What came across even cheesier was uh, he used to have these little plastic, like, coins. They looked like half dollars. And instead of, like, an actual, like, dollar amount, it was, like, an inscription of scripture. And then it was, like, you know, Jesus loves you or whatever. And that was what he would give to people. He would, uh, he would tip at, like, restaurants or, or he would give people money. And then he would also hand them this, this coin, right? And so it was, like, dude, like, I don't think anybody is keeping those things. I don't think anybody is even looking at it. I think they feel it and they're, like, this isn't a half dollar. And they chuck it in the trash. Like, it's kind of what people do. But listen. As cheesy as some of the, that stuff is, wouldn't it be cool to live that intentionally everywhere we went? Like, wouldn't it be awesome if we were just super intentional with how we lived our lives to where we're just so on mission that we're looking for any opportunity to share the gospel, to share the love of Jesus anywhere that we went. And it doesn't have to be cheesy. It doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to be weird. It can just be a, a simple, like, you know, gesture of letting somebody know that you care about them, going out of your way to show people that you care. You know, Jesus, when he says, go uh, and make disciples, he wants them to, to know like, hey, in your going, make disciples. So again, one more time, just so I know you guys have it, say, we make as we go. We make as we go, okay? So I want you guys to, to really grab that. Oh, I got one more story about Pastor John. This is really cool. He, uh, there was one time there was a, some youth students um, when I was in the youth group who needed a ride. And now, he, like I said, he's a little older. And he put, put them all in his pickup truck and he kind of uh, took them home. And they were like cutting up and cussing the entire time. They're like sticking middle fingers out at other people uh, down the road. And he's driving and he's like the pastor of a fairly large church in where I was from. And, and he's sitting there and he's like, hmm. You could tell he was awkward. He felt super weird the entire time. He came back to the office. I was kind of interning at the time. He came back. He's like, dude, I don't know what's up with these youth kids, but, like, they are wild. But, like, he never let that affect him and how he, like, lived his life. He was always genuine. He was always authentic. And I think it's an awesome thing, and it's, and it's good to put people around you who can be that intentional um, so that we can learn how to live intentional lives when it comes to sharing the gospel. Are you guys with me? No. All, no? Got it. Awesome. That, that, thank you. Thank you. That feels good. Let's go ahead. Uh, if you guys still have Bibles or apps or whatever, um, let's go to Acts chapter 1. I promise I'm not going to read a ton of scripture to you, but um, let's go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to read 3 through 8. This is what it says. Um, this is kind of the sequel to Luke here. And um, so if you ever read Luke's uh, gospel, you can also read Acts. It's basically like Luke 2. It's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, so it says here in chapter 1, verse 3, I'm finding it here. It says, after his suffering, this is Jesus, Jesus presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. That's always good to know that Jesus was giving convincing proofs that he was alive. There's like 500 accounts of Jesus being alive after his 
death. So that's pretty cool. It says, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for, uh, for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John was baptized in water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? kingdom to Israel, because that's what they were concerned about. They wanted to, to win over the Romans. They wanted to be free. They wanted to, to not live uh, oppressive lives anymore. So they're like, is this when you're going to issue your kingdom and like we're going to take over and like kick down the doors and, and just take over? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So here you go again, talking about the ends of the earth, right? Jesus's message is going to spread uh, across. Obviously, it has. Christianity is, is worldwide right now. But like a lot of times we can look at the Great Commission, even understanding like, okay, it's not like full-time missionary status. So how do I do this thing? You're like, I don't know where to start. Maybe that's you. Like, I don't even know how to live intentional. I don't know what I can do. Listen, I want you guys to know this. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. It's that we have the gift already. Jesus promised us the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have that a part of our arsenal to use when we're, when we're clueless of, of what to speak or we're clueless of what to do in whatever situation we find ourselves in. We have the Holy Spirit there who can guide us and lead us. And Jesus was so um, so concerned with them getting in, in contact and having the, the Holy Spirit in part of their life that he said, like, hey, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. Um, in that time, they would go in and out of town a lot. It'd be like going from here to like Mayor or from Prescott Valley to Prescott. And it's like just kind of these small dealings. He says, hey, no, 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 I want you to stay and I want you to wait for the gift that I have. Jesus knew Hey, I don't want you to do any ministry. I don't want you to have a single conversation. I don't want you to pray for people. I don't want you to do miracles. I don't want you to heal people. I don't want you to do any of that until you have the Holy Spirit. Guys, that is really reassuring to me that I don't have to do anything on my own. The Holy Spirit is, is in me. He's the one who speaks through me. He's the one who can guide me into what, uh, in what I need to do. Jesus had nothing for the disciples to do other than wait for the gift and wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. He knew that they couldn't do anything on their own, nothing. All they could do was wait. Listen, if we wanna be active followers of Jesus, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does that look like? You're like, okay, what does it look like to live a Holy Spirit-filled life? Well, we believe here that like speaking in tongues is a great way to, to kind of figure out where that's at. I know that sometimes can be a little weird. Uh, it can be a little, a little wild. You're like, I don't know. I'm feeling really uncomfortable right now. The Holy Spirit can speak in other ways too. Have you guys ever felt like something like 
just, it wasn't like a feeling, but it was more of like a, a, an actual tug on your heart. Like the Holy Spirit convicts us. He's, he almost kind of works like a conscience. He, he's obviously above that, but like he, he's, a little, he's a little bit like that. You know, if you're looking at that and you're like, tongues are just kind of weird for me right now, you can engage in the Holy Spirit in that way. There's a lot of really cool things to read about and to, to learn about, but really it's important. You guys with me? It's important to be trained and equipped with the Holy Spirit so that you can do the work of the ministry. It's essential to sharing the gospel. If Peter couldn't do it before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, we definitely can't. So we should definitely be waiting on the Holy Spirit before we, we start to try to force our hand at things. Like rely on him. It works so much smoother. A lot of these leaders, older guys can tell you, like if you try to force your hand at things, it's not going to work out. If you lean in on the Holy Spirit, man, everything is going to be smooth sailing when it comes to that. It's like this though. Like a lot of times we're like, wait for a gift. I don't understand. Like this makes no sense. It's like, have you guys ever um, had a birthday? Obviously you have. You ever had a birthday or, or <laughs> had a Christmas, ever had a birthday present or a Christmas present that you guys knew what was in the box before you opened it, but you still had to wait? You ever had that happen? Or like, you're like, I know what that is. Like, there's, there's no way it's not what I think it is. Like, just let me open it. I already know what it is. And then you open it anyway because you have to wait because you want that Christmas day, like, experience or that birthday experience. Like, that's not really where I'm from with my family. Like, we're kind of like, it's like we walk around and we're like, oh, do you want that for your birthday? And it's like, yeah, it's November, though. My birthday's in July. And they're like, just, just get it, and then you won't get anything in July. Like, that's just kind of how my family operates. But it, when I got with, with Macy and her family, her family are huge on, like, no, you wait until Christmas. You wait until your birthday. You don't, like, so that's, like, super different for me. And um, my, my birthday last year, Macy, I, I knew what she got me. Because I told her, she was like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, I want a backpack. I want a nice one. At that time, we didn't have offices. I'm like, if you just give me a backpack, that'd be awesome that I can have that, I'm, that doesn't look like an a elementary school kid. Like, I had weird ones. Anyway, like, just give me a nice, like, manly-looking backpack. She was like, okay, got it. And then, like, a couple weeks before my birthday, I'm like, hey, can you just, like, can you just go ahead and give me my backpack, please? Like, I know you probably got it. She's like, I didn't. I, I don't know what you're talking about. You'll have to wait. I'm like, no, seriously, like. Just, just give me the backpack. She's like, no, seriously, I'm not going to do it. Well, fast forward to my birthday, and sure enough, big package. Open it up. It's my backpack. I'm like, really? Couldn't, get, couldn't give me this like two weeks ago when I asked for it, and I needed it because I was taking a trip. Like, whatever. She's like, no, it's, you got to wait for it. But then there's that excitement. Like, it would feel weird to open a, a gift outside of Christmas, right? It, there's something more exciting on Christmas Day about opening your gifts or waiting for your birthday party to open up your gifts. It's kind of the same way with the Holy Spirit. Like, you just have to wait in, until God's timing, until he's like, hey, I want you to have this now. Sometimes you have to wait a little longer than, than other people. You might look around and you'd be like, hey, it was this person's Christmas day, and it was this person's Christmas day, it was this person's birthday, like, everybody's getting gifts around me, and I'm not open mind yet. Like, God might just be like, hey, I want you to hold on to it for a little bit. Like, so don't get discouraged when other people are opening up their gifts or experiencing the Holy Spirit in ways that you might not be yet. 
that's okay. I just want you guys to know that. But I want you to know that it's essential in doing the work of the ministry in winning people to the Lord. Here's the last thing, and this is where I'll kind of close up. But I want you guys to know that we cover the earth. If you guys are taking notes, you can put that down. We cover the earth. That is what we do. Jesus, in the 40 days that he lived his life after his resurrection, he was concerned with two things. He was concerned with the kingdom of God. He wanted, to, he wanted his, his followers to know like, hey, you do not serve a kingdom that looks like anything like earth. He said, it's nothing like that. He wanted them to know about the kingdom of God and he wanted them to know about the spirit of God. He wanted them to understand like, hey, I am giving you a different kind of spirit, something that is, that is completely new, exclusive to you guys, uh, not exclusive to them, but like exclusive to, to us as Christians. He's like, hey, I want to give you this gift. And so with that, knowing that those are the two things he's talking about after he leaves, going back all the way to the beginning of those motivational speeches, you want to hold on to the last thing that those guys say, right? The last thing, the last monologue. Jesus is concerned with talking about the kingdom of God and the spirit of God. He knew that the baton had to be passed from Jesus himself to us, to his followers, so that we could do what he wanted to do. And here's the crazy thing. He says, hey, you guys are going to do even more than I am. That is an incredible promise to us. It's something that we should all be striving to, to, to see come to fruition. Jesus gave us the command in, he was just so intentional about what he taught on in those 40 days. And he gave us the command to go and to make disciples. We have to know that we cover the earth. We're called to cover the earth and work with the mission that God gave the first apostles. That still is true for us today and it will be true until Jesus comes back. That's just the, 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 uh, the fact of, of the matter. Jesus gave the same command and gives the same command to us that he gave those guys in Matthew 28. He gave them the same command. He gives us the same command. We're called to make disciples wherever we go, wherever we're going. He calls us to, to, to lean in on the Holy Spirit and to, to really lean in on what he has for us so that we can be led by the Spirit. So we're not like aimless. And we're called to cover the earth. Seeing what Jesus did to have relationship with us, right? Throughout this entire message. Seeing what he did to have relationship with us. How he served us at the Last Supper. How he served people who didn't deserve it. How he died for you. And then validated his own death by raising from the dead. Saying, I'm not held by the grave anymore. He validated that in his resurrection. And then afterwards, right before he leaves, he says, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to cover the earth. I want you to be my hands and feet. Do the work that I've been doing for just a few short years. I want you guys to do it and do it even more effectively. It should be good news to us. It should be a, a, a set of assurance for us and knowing that he gave us a mission. And like I said, at the end of Matthew, he says, I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna forsake you. 
I'm with you until the end of the age. I am with you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to have you lost in this. And I think as we kind of close this entire series, we head into summer games and look, we do devotionals and things, but we kind of know like the vibe is just different. And so we're kind of closing out this whole year. We'll come back in August. We'll be back in services and all that stuff. But like, if this stuff doesn't motivate you to go out and win people that you know, I'm not even talking like go to Africa or go overseas. Like if that's where you're at, awesome. But like there are people in your own families sometimes who don't know the love of Jesus. And knowing what we've gone over these past few weeks, knowing that there's a, a God who, who came down in a human form, who died on a cross, who was raised from the dead, and who gave us this command to go and make disciples, there should be, that should be enough motivation for us to tell everybody so that we can see people rescued back to the Father. And I, I just think it's so, um, so cool to, to have the gospel in this, the way, that it, the way that it is. And we don't have to repackage it. We don't have to add anything else. When we share this story that we've been going over these past few weeks, man, it's effective. People listen. You guys with me? How many people want to see people that you know? I'm not talking like people overseas. I'm talking people you know. How many people want to see people, one, back to the Father? I want to see people who are dealing with so much garbage. One back to a Father that loves them. Tonight, if you guys would just bow your heads and close your eyes. Tonight, if, if you would say, you know, I... Uh, I've not been really doing a great job about sharing my faith. I kind of thought that it was this thing that I wasn't called to. I thought that like it was something that I didn't have to do. Because I want you to know this is for all of us. If you call yourself a Christian, then this is for you. Tonight, if you would say, I haven't really been paying attention or really treating the Great Commission the way that I should, and I'm ready to actually step out and, and start to to live that out. I want to live an intentional life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? If you say, I want, I want to live an intentional life. I want to make sure that I'm living on mission. It's awesome. Thank you. Tonight, if you would say, Josh, I've never had a relationship with Jesus. I don't even like, like, it just means nothing to me. <laughs> Can I just let you know, the reason why we've been going over this gospel message so closely is because it is so important for us. Man, Jesus loved you so much that he took a cross. He was nailed to it. He was beaten before that. He died and he was rose again. He, 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 was, he was raised to life. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father now, like he's alive today. That's the God we serve. There's no other religion. There's no other God like that. Tonight, if you would say, Josh, I've never had a relationship with Jesus, but I think I would be willing to at least give it a shot. If you would just say, hey, I'm willing to at least give it a, a, just a snowball's chance. 
if that's you, if you would say, I just, I just want to at least see more, or I want more information or whatever, it doesn't have to be a big step. If that's you, would you just please raise your hand? Thank you guys.